You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 145. Uh, my name is Rusty. Joining me tonight, Andy is here. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good, mate. Good. You're all uh, all relaxed and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I'm cruisy as. Good. Yeah, yeah podcast prep has gone well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Joining us again, Blushy, you're back, mate. G'day, man. How you going? I'm going going good. It's good to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's all right. Well, um, we're, we're back into it. Back into another, uh, another oh, we all sorts of stuff uh, going on, but... Um, you had a pretty busy, pretty, uh, busy week since the last one. Yeah, yeah, that was good. The club weekend went well. A uh, bunch of new shooters out there. It was good fun. But anyway, um, I stop, stop everything. Stop everything. You have changed oh. your caliber plans. Andy, what is going on? Well, I'm trying to keep up with the modern trends because no one says I'm cool. <laughs> well, we were, we were looking over the entries for the competition of guessing what barrel and, and yep. muzzle brake uh, you, 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 you're getting mm-hmm. and started talking about it and went and you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, and then you told me what you're doing and like that's not what we talked about last <laughs> time. So It's close. Um, it's just an extra addition. Or subtraction. Or subtraction. So, so <laughs> tell everyone what you were making for those who have forgotten and those who didn't care to listen. And yep. and now which way you, you, you're doing? Well, um, I'm still unsure on what barrel and brake I'm getting. Oh, um, yeah. We, 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 we know that we, one. We did message Ash. By the way, all those who, guys who have uh, entered, um, yep. entries are still valid. Yep. Um, just we, we haven't. Narrowed down exactly what it is yet. No, no. Because <laughs> so, Andy keeps changing his mind, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm trying to keep up with the modern trends. I was uh, going to stick with the 6.5 Creedmoor just because I had the dies and I knew the cartridge and all of that gear. Mm-hmm. And then speaking to a few people um, and trying to keep up with, like I said, modern trends, I was like, oh, I should look into this 6, six Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. And um, fancy fandangled 6 mil thing. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. drop the point five. you know, what is that? And then... Um, Turns out it's, it's quicker to say it's, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So uh, yeah, I spoke to Ash and I was like, hey, um, can we change this to a six mil? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that that will work. And I said, oh, cool. What barrel am I getting? So like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> well, you did just change your mind. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all, all the plans Ash had probably made just gone out the window now. That's so, it. Uh, yeah, it's yep. it. Change your plan. So, guys, if anyone wants to change their entry into the competition to guess what barrel mm. break Andy's getting, um, now it has changed. So, there you go. Good. That's it. And plus, you, your thoughts on the matter because you run you run or have run a 6 mil Creed more? Yeah, I still run. Well, still I do run. run a 6 mil Creed, yeah. I was a, a 6.5 Creed. Mm. So, he's just copying you? Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah I got it. Well, I keep seeing how good. Flashy sheets, and I was like, "Oh man, he doesn't have a top knot, and he's got a six mil." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed, I noticed you've lost the top knot, mate. So you've already committed to the cause. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> good. There's an entry requirement of no top knots. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made the decision when I rebarreled that I ran the numbers, and six mil does everything a six five does, but um, better, with, but better, <laughs> but faster, with quicker to say, less elevation and yep. less wind and mm. less recoil. More importantly, less yeah. recoil. Yep, it's a lot easier to to spot your shots. There yeah. we go. Got on to the actual the actual facts of the matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's and I, why. And I think I'm I'm gonna like that because usually off barricades I do prefer to free recoil, so not having it up against my shoulder and having a 
lower recoiling round will should help me. How do you find that plush? Do you free recoil? Do you? Mm, I don't free recoil, but I don't push into the rifle off of a barricade. So yep. you just recoil. You, <laughs> 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 now, if you imagine holding up a sheet of paper between the butt of the rifle and your yeah. your shoulder, like mm-hmm. just enough. Yep. Um, and it tracks straight back and true. I can watch my shot. You generally watch trace off yep. of a off of a barricade, which is nice. Mm. Sure. Um, See, so yeah, I'm I'm sort of somewhere in between, I suppose. I definitely yep. don't lean into it. Not with the wobbly barricades that we have, anyway. Mm. I'll end mm. up uh, forwards of the firing line. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, um, Andy, just a question. Mm-hmm. So, you don't care that you got dies. You don't care that you got cases. All that's out the window now. Just a little bit less uh, recoil, and you want to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, so I did. I have I have been tossing up, like. In the background with the new barrel, I wouldn't mind getting a new set of dies and things like that. Um, so, a, um, what do you call it? Bushing die. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, speaking to a couple more people, they're like, oh, why don't you just get a smaller bushing? I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this makes so much more sense. <laughs> That's easy. Well, that was that was one of the drivers behind me dropping down to Six Mill Creek as I had bushing dies. Mm. And it cost me two bushings. I stepped down in, yep. in two sizes to get to from 6.5 to 6. Perfect. So, it cost, I don't use the same brass. I've got. The poor brass, and it's probably on its fifteenth firing or something like that. Yeah, right. Well, and so it didn't. It cost me. Let's call it a hundred bucks. Yep. In, yeah. Uh, in dies. So what? What's, uh, what does that look like for you? And are you going to keep the same brass that you've been running? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've not so long ago got a whole bunch or well, six hundred cases of once fired six five. Yeah. Right. So I'm okay. going to um, go through the process of necking them down to six mil now. Mm-hmm. I presume, uh, and then the five hundred odd. You know, six five bullets I've got lying around. Might have to find another home. <laughs> you could send them down the six mil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Swaging barrel, right? Yeah. yeah. Swage it down eventually. <laughs> Good. Well you just might have to get rid of those six five projectiles before uh, before your your barrel rocks up. Ooh. Whatever barrel you might be hitting. I, I tried I tried that at the uh, the end of the steel slam. I don't know if you saw me there, but I was just like letting people shoot my rifle going, get rid of them, <laughs> send them. What, what I did see was your rifle hitting pretty well dead center, like every shot yeah. that got sent and your excuses for missing targets during the steel slam was sort of like, mm, no, I'm, a barrel. I'm a barrel. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's really um, disheartening when you give, <laughs> give your rifle to another person who's like younger or not so experienced and you go, hey, hit that 500 meter gong. And he hits it. And I'm like, all right, move to the smaller one. <laughs> hits it. Oh. <laughs> Keep hitting that gong, damn it. <laughs> I did that with a videographer. Josh. Josh. I gave him my rifle. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, don't even worry about the big target. Let's go to the small target at 500 meters. I'm like, point And seven. he's he shot a gun a handful of times. Mate. Yeah, a new shooter. Yep. Yep. He'd never shot mine. A couple of dry fires. And yep. I was like, cool, point seven win. You'll be right. And he proceeded to smash the center. I'm like, cool, 0.7. And did it a few more times. And I'm like, oh, it's dropped a bit, 0.5. And he probably put, I don't know, seven out of 10 shots. Yeah. And the, you know, so you're just trying to show off how good a win reader you are. Well, apparently, yeah. yeah. I, then, then I got down and shot my rifle and proceeded to miss a whole bunch of times. And I'm like, <laughs> well, did you do that strategically to make him feel better about shooting so he'd get involved? That's what we all do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because yeah, that's what yeah. I've always done when yeah. I've missed after someone else's shot. I'll be yeah. like, yeah, that'll make him feel good about yeah. this. That barrel is <laughs> just <laughs> burnt out <laughs> right then and that there. Was the <laughs> that was it. That was the last shot. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Cool. Okay, so new territory for you, Andy. Yeah, that's it. So there'll be a bit of annealing, a bit of 
bit of neck sizing going on, mm-hmm. bit of fire forming if I have to. No, so, probably not. No. So tell us a bit about the process of going down from six five down to six. Obviously, plus she's done it as well. But what does that look like for someone who hasn't done it before? I don't know. I haven't done it before. <laughs> Sorry, Flushing. that was that was to the group. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty lucky actually. I, I mean, there is some fire forming. So you talked lie. about the two bushings and and. Yeah, so the bushing that I used when I was running a, the 6.5 was, I think, 0.289. Mm-hmm. And then the, the one I worked out I needed for a uh, for the 6 mil was 0.269 mm-hmm. or thereabouts. And I did a bit of research and some people suggested that when you're using bushing dies, you can get some issues if you try to go down a calibre in, in one step mm-hmm. as opposed to doing it with a, a, your normal die. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I decided to spend the you know 50 bucks on a, on a bushing mm. and uh, not lose any cases. And it worked. I didn't lose a single case during the process. So I nice. just made it a, a two-step process. Yep. Uh, went through and did one and dropped them all down. And, and then I did a I did a fire form and worked out that I, when I bumped my shoulders, I bumped them a couple of thou. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even have to change my die setup from when the chamber job was done on the uh, the new barrel versus the old barrel. It was yeah, exactly right. the same. I'm like, mm, this is easy. Hmm. I remember uh, Andrew Noble talking about uh, stepping down cases where he stepped down a three-threat lap or down to a one-seven. No, no, 22, 22, not one seven. Whoa. There was some uh, talk about 5,000 feet a second, wasn't there? Yeah, and, and I think it I think it took about seven bushings <laughs> to, to do that. <laughs> it was a quite a yeah, quite well. a pass. Uh, yeah, anyway, it was, uh, you know, you do that once and then, you know, fire form it out and uh, away you go. What's the, what's the barrel life on that one shot? 150 rounds wow. is the barrel life. <laughs> yeah, expected barrel life, 150 rounds. So wow. you don't want to miss. It'd be 150 very exploded bunnies. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although if you were if you were Andy, yeah, barrel life would have been 80, and and then continue to complain about barrel life for the next 70 rounds. Yep. <laughs> oh no, my barrel's gone. My God. Yep. How many rounds he shot? 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah barrel barrels running out. Yeah. yeah. Got to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't catch them once they run out. <laughs> Okay, great. Put him. Right. Are you sponsored by a barrel? <laughs> Is that when we find out and they, like Should we work out which <laughs> those sounds of things? Uh, we found we find out when you actually work out who your your barrel is. That's because you've been hooking. Up. Is yeah. that why you've not committed to a brand? Because you, yeah. you you've got a few different I've contracts just, on the table. Yeah, yeah. I've got about twelve contracts on the table. I'm just keep tossing between them. You know, work against each other, and you know, keep driving up the pro- driving down the price, driving <laughs> up the price. <laughs> no, you're not charging me enough. Yeah. I want to pay more. <laughs> That's it. So. Oh, mm. Good, <laughs> excellent. I, I look forward to the uh, the signing of the uh, of the deal. That's it. I might even get some permanent texture and write on the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to sign my barrel? <laughs> That's a that's the thing you could almost get a you know whatever barrel deal you get and then just say whoever you want. <laughs> it's pretty that's similar. It. Yep. Uh, Who's gonna know? <laughs> probably the barrel company. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Oh, good. Anyway, well, exciting, exciting change. And mm. Was it very much the same reasons? Plus, you for you to go from six five down to six is that lower recall was the, the big driving factor? Was, yeah, I, I looked at it and. Like I said, I I can't recall exactly, but I don't think there's a point where a six five creed over a six creed shoots less elevation or less wind. It's I think it yep. shoots inside pretty much the whole way or over the distances we shoot anyway. Mm. Um, with some less recoil, like I used to struggle with watching my trace. That's it's pretty vital for what you know PRS style shooting that you need to see where your bullet goes, especially if you're mm-hmm. shooting into a berm that's wet or got grass in it or something like that. You need to be able to see your see your shots. Mm-hmm. 
um, and I wasn't able to do that. Had the conditions had to be perfect mm. um, for you to be, really be able to watch that. Yep. Um, and as soon as I drop back to the the six mil with the less recoil, I'll probably watch eighty percent of my trace. Yep. On every shot, sort yep. of thing, regardless of conditions, it's really got to be a pretty hot day or something along those lines for me not to be able to see it. So it's it's made it a lot easier. The only downside I'll we'll put out there for people is you know you're dropping thirty percent of your projectile weight. Yep. So you you don't hit the targets as hard. Sure. And there's no there's still no doubting. Says the guy the, running a two D three AI. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Eighty five grains. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, only twenty grains less than what I run out of the six mil creed. Come on. <laughs> Um, but you really, I've, I did find that I had to watch, uh, the splash isn't as obvious on the six mil versus the six five. Sure. So now you're watching for things like, did the plate flick, um, sort of left to twist. right or right to yeah. left, like watching that twist or yeah. did it just swing backwards and forwards? Like, okay, it's dead center. Like you've sort of got to pay a bit more attention to the plate. Mm. And then um, you run a, a slight, slightly more of a chance of a RO missing the call. No, I don't think so. Not so much with a six. No, no, no. I, don't, I don't think you Certainly can. with a two to three that yeah. can mm. play a factor. Yeah, no, I don't think you'd get to a point maybe seven, eight hundred metres plus. Okay, maybe. sure, as the distance. But yeah, yeah. The, I don't think you'd ever get to a point where an RO wouldn't call an impact. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from a from a new shooter's perspective then, because we, you know, we're, we're talking here about going from a six five down to a six mm. and, and many new guys – have a 308 in the cupboard. Uh, and clearly there's this tipping point between going like a, a 308 down to 65 and a lot of the, the, the argument there is one, ballistics has a <coughs> significant advantage, but two, the recall's reduced, you know, mm. conversations of oh, you go this one because because of these two reasons. Uh, and then and then talking about going down to a six mil. Now from from last year's data, the most popular cartridge in, in Australia PRS was six five Creedmoor. So clearly it's works. But majority of the guys in the top ten were running six mils. Mm. Is there a, a point, and if so, where where it really matters to go? Like, should a, a brand new shooter be going? Oh no, I'll go six mil, and it might cost more. In you know, there, there's obviously some downsides, probably cost related. Any thoughts on that, plushy? Yeah, definitely. There's a barrel life is a factor when you start getting the overbore or okay. cal- calibers like. Yep. So I'm I'm expecting out of a six mil creed, probably two thousand rounds barrel life. Yep. So if that's going as to, opposed to a six five two and a half to three, okay, yep, maybe a bit more, yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go like five thousand on one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been shot but out you're for a compl- while. You're going to complain for the last three thousand. Definitely been complaining yeah, for about a year. Yeah, yeah. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit it's of a, a balancing. Life, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a balancing factor. Like, well, I've got a, a training rifle and a comp gun, mm-hmm. and you know, next season, assuming there's a season, yep. Um, my six mil creed will be shot at two day matches pretty much only apart from a few training rounds. Sure. Just keep familiar with it. Yep. Yep. But so I've made a definite decision that that's going to be a barrel a season. Yep. And it'll, regardless of whether there's 1200 rounds on it or 1800 rounds on it at the end of the season, it'll get pulled Okay. and put a new one on. So you're starting to get into that realm of performance. Like you spend a lot of money to get a small gain. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just starting out, I'd, there's nothing wrong with a 308. You know, you're going to get 5,000, 7,000 mm. rounds of barrel life. Yep. And early on in your in your shooting career, rounds on target, like practice rounds are going to pay off. Is more is important. way more important than, than having little yeah. additional gains. Mm. Like yeah. putting, if you were to go put, you know, in 12 months, put 5,000 rounds down range of the 308 versus 2,000 rounds with a 6 mil creed, mm-hmm. I'll tell you who's going to win mm. um, in, a, in a shoot-off against each other, despite the fact the 6 mil is going to have the ballistic advantage. Yep. The guy that's done two and a half times the uh, the work the work yeah, is is going to shoot you know read mm. wind and 
going to have better fundamentals yeah, okay. and yeah. that sort of stuff, better positioning of barricades and whatnot. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a balancing act between that and not investing maybe too heavily in something that you're not going to use long term. Sure. Is there a little bit of savings in uh, powder? But that would be about it, isn't it? No, nah, like I think with the six five, I was running forty two point something grains, and with yep. the six, I'm running forty grains. But okay, I've yep. got an extra barely. I've got an extra three inches of barrel on the on the new one. Yeah. So that's that pretty much makes up the. Mm. Said that very proudly. Yeah, yeah, mm. big upgrade. Didn't didn't even cost that much. <laughs> I highly recommend. The performance <laughs> has been amazing. Extension. Amazing. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Everyone comments. It's great. <laughs> Sure they do. Sure they do. Andy, what about your thoughts on on you – know, you started with 6.5, didn't you? Yep. yep. Yeah, so you've sort of started in that category of, you know, oh, well, get the one that's pretty popular and seems to make sense. Yep. But now you're shifting. Do you wish you started on 6 mil or you are happy with, with the path you tread? No, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the path that I, I tread. Um, yep. Yeah, I just wanted something that was reliable um, and, I, you know, the ammo was pretty easily accessible and – um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the 6.5. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think the one thing to, to take away from it is if you're the, the guy that wants a rifle that can shoot a bit of mm. PRS, maybe a bit of long range, maybe a bit of hunting sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily legal in Victoria for you know sure, deer, but sure. pretty much everything else. Um, if, you, if you want to use it for more things than just a comp gun, a 6.5 mm. is a far better choice. Yeah. Um, it can do more. You, you're going to be struggling a little bit with the six mil, yeah. So that's something else to take into account, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have you you looked at the the energy performance of things downrange? There's a fair difference, is there? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah definitely. The, I guess that's what you're talking about before, where when the, the target's the not yeah. not moving as yeah. much on yep. the six mil. That translates in the real in the real world, in in the hunting world, mm. as to more more impact on that game and. and and then probably better overall hunting round, yeah. um, depending on what you're doing and how far you're shooting. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't shoot anything bigger than a than a fallow with a with a six mil mm-hmm. sort of thing. I'd be I'd be looking for something a bit bigger. Well, yeah. you're essentially talking about a two four three, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, which is a little bit less, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit less. Yep, which is you know everyone or well, a lot of the shooting community would know is a very versatile round, but not for massive game. Mm. Um, so. That's one thing I was going to ask, actually. What projectile are you thinking you're going to run? Uh, I think there's a 105 or a 108, I think. I don't know, something pointy. Horn- <laughs> you thought this through well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably stick with Hornady. Yep. Um, don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it's a 108 ELD match. Yeah, I think that's the one I've been looking at. Um, but yeah, really, I haven't looked into it that much. Yeah. Yep. Something that will fit the barrel and go straight. As you can tell, I'm heaps into like all the data side of stuff. <laughs> I just, just want to get out there and smash uh, it together shoot. and get it out there. Yeah, good. Just do what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah, yeah. just follow follow the trends, mate. Follow That's the it. Trends. That's what I'm doing. He'll have a GT next year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, that's uh, – and, and so why – I mean, I, I can guess a few of the reasons as to why you stay in the Creedmoor one because I guess you've got the brands and stuff. But yep. if we took out the the fact that you've got brass and mm-hmm. all you had to do is change bushings and you die, would you have stayed with Creedmoor or were there other things you were considering when dropping from 6.5 down to 6? There wasn't really, and I haven't thought of that. Okay. I haven't really compared any other 6 mil cartridges. 
Yeah, you um, just you went over. Hey, I've got I've got this. This is actually not that inconvenient to go down. I, mm. I get the benefit of going to a six mil. Yep. Uh, without the harassment of harassment, that's not the word. With the inconvenience uh, of going, um, I wanted to be harsher than inconvenience. So with without having to get new new dyes and, yep. and all this sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you would have looked into knowing you, you would mm. have looked into every six mil that's ever been invented when you were thinking <laughs> about changing. Well, I'm just patiently waiting for some guy that's got a six mil GT to shoot it, so I can see how it goes. <laughs> 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 oh, your way. I'm going to never shoot it when you're around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, plus you see, I'll put the gun away. <laughs> no, for me it was. I didn't really have to make that choice when I went down to six mil Creed because I already had the brass and I just necked mm. it down. So you're in the so, same. So I've, same it's cost situation. me nothing to go a six mil Creed apart from the barrel, really, yep. and some different projectiles. So I'm, I'm not committed. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about the the six BR. Yep. Um, Would they like w- it? Like, were there some issues with feeding in the BR? I think well, they're pretty well ironed. Pretty out, well yeah. ironed out. Well, you know, it's it one. Of, to, I think yeah. it's one of those things with it, with the BR. There, there's a potential that that or that's a that's a factor you've got to take into consideration mm. to resolve. And there's there's obviously ways to do that with magazine kits and bits and pieces. Uh, and but it's another step that you know now got to consider yep. um, that mm. you have to make sure it can feed smoothly. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I was I was. Pretty keen on the 6GT to see where that lands and yep. who knows, I might end up in that place yet. Yep. Um, but, you know, I've got my trainer that's nearly built. So the comp gun is is not getting used a whole heap. Yeah, okay. So the, I've sort of le- lately I've been leaning to run the 6 Creed hot and fast, like as close to the, the range limit as I can get to without having, you know, pressure issues and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So as close as I can get to 3200 and if I'm going to run a barrel a season, I may as well get everything out of it. Okay. Um, and then well, just, just it, that's what it is. What it is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What What, what are your thoughts there? And probably same same one for you, Andy. Changing to a new cartridge because um, there 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 does seem to be a bit of a trend, depending on who you listen to and which way you go, uh, of of winding that back mm-hmm. in terms of not mm-hmm. pushing the limits on it. There seem to be more and more guys, particularly in the US, but yeah. uh, where they they're winding back to you know. 3,000 or thereabouts yep. sitting around mm-hmm. there or even lower, um, but a really consistent, solid, perhaps more predictable sort of setup. Have you yeah, I've been with that? Yeah, you listen to some of those guys like um, VP Precision. Yeah, and those, VP Precision. Yeah, they talk about it a lot. It. Yeah. And I'm keen to give my theory a go. Yep. I think those guys have got two or three rifles that are exactly the same as opposed to okay. a couple of different calibers. Yep. And it's sort of – that's I'm wondering if that's a point of difference. Okay. Um, whether they just – get that barrel off and, and they shoot like is a there, lot more than what I was going to say, is there a factor there that they shoot a lot more matches and, and a lot more in general and so therefore perhaps they're going through barrels, like they're ordering two, three barrels in one go and so perhaps is the lower node more repeatable whereas, you know, you might you might get a gun that, you know, this one sits, the one you're running sits on 31, 58, yep. uh, you know, and that works really, really well there but then the next barrel you put onto it, it it needs to go to thirty two ten to to get a similar performance where it times back up. Uh, I'm, I'm spitballing here, by the way, yeah. but but you know, whereas if you're lower one, you've got a much bigger buffer room to be able to get similar performance. Yeah, I think uh, all those guys shoot in such varied conditions as well. Um, yeah, okay. They, I mean, those guys are playing for keeps, and they don't want a grain of sand to to ruin their weekend. Sure. Um, so they want everything repeatable, reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did hear some disturbing things the other day where some of those guys I think Jake Gavir pulls his barrels at about a thousand rounds. 
Oh, yeah, it was, I was listening to that very podcast. That was podcast. the most, the most yeah. recent one and I started doing yeah. the math in my head and I was like, I can't afford that. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. I need sponsors. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really interesting to see that. Maybe Andy could hook you up with one of the uh, contracts he doesn't yeah, take. I can, yeah, I'll he's take got, he's got, he'll have 11 spare. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a spare 6.5 barrel soon. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of life left on it once it's off his gun. Um, <laughs> See, that was really an interesting one to know that they were pulling the barrels that early yeah. and still running them pretty conservative. Mm. So that, that was very interesting. I mean, I guess it would – I mean, it really depends on your workup of your load. Like if you've got, if you've got this ridiculously accurate, ridiculously accurate node at 2,900, mm. run it. Yeah. You know, that's right. I mean, I'm, as much as I want to push it fast, it still has to be – You let the still, gun guide you still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's just a – velocity is just a number. Elevation is just a number. Yeah. Wind is just the bitch. Well, the yeah. faster it goes, the less wind. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> I think I'll be definitely leaning towards the slower velocity and just trying to last keep the barrel last a little longer. Um, on my, well, end you've of managed to do well out of the six five. That's lasted an extra year. That's it. And the last, and the last, you know, couple of matches, I've been pushing it real hard too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as it's been wearing out, I'm like, oh, I've got to bump up the speed. <laughs> Next node. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah. Would would the uh, the guys in the US they be shooting further distances as well? Yeah, so I, was, they, I was about to bring that into the equation. Yeah, yeah. there is a lot more uh, distance there than we are experiencing at the moment. But mm. you know that'll that'll change here. Is changing here, but yep. that's uh, yeah certainly a factor to yeah. consider that they need to stay tighter for a lot longer. Yeah, I, I would like to get two seasons out of a barrel. I think um, just don't shoot very often. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I can I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, my, I, I looked at that as well, and I was one of my concern was you get to July and it stops shooting, and then you're like, if you, you're going to have to have one ready to go, mm. sort of thing, and mm. then you're like, you've got to work up a load, and then you it might sort of start to impact you. You know, you start rushing, you have to miss a match or something like that. And well, it's the the, the benchrest shooting guys. They often their barrel life they they pull them at seven eight hundred rounds or thereabouts from from what I you know guys I know in that in that world. And for that reason, that they can't afford for that barrel to go through a match, and so, mm. um, you know, it's 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 off eight hundred. Yep. You know, it's well and truly within its life frame and span. Span. That's yeah. the word. Um, but it, uh, you know, probably has plenty. I mean, you probably mm. grab that barrel off and put on something else and keep on going for another. Well, if you mm. Andy, probably another fifteen hundred. <laughs> At least rounds uh, that day, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I was thinking about emailing Jake and be like, "Can I have your barrels?" Cool? <laughs> Send them I, reckon, I reckon they got life in them, <laughs> yeah, and they probably do. But but you know exactly what you brought out is you know you hit July you hit halfway through the season, you're like, this is this is gone. If you don't have a spare, mm. ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah. 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 Now on, on that sort of uh, maybe way around it, have you looked at EC tuners or anything like that? I, I might have one or two in the post. <laughs> oh, hello. Okay, like, here's some good news. Yeah, I was going to say I, I have chat to chatted to Ash about it as yep. well. Yep. And um, yeah, we might see what we can do. So for for those not familiar with them, mm. uh, and and for those of us who are on podcasts and haven't delved into them far enough, but understand the concept. But even for those who don't even know what you're talking about, mm. can you can you elaborate on that? Um, so essentially, it's a it's an adjustable weight on the end in terms of. Distance along, so that the weight of it itself is uh, a fixed weight, but where you screw it in and out to position it slightly on your barrel changes, which should change your harmonics and grouping. 
Plushy, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Take so over. The, the, now, now for the real <laughs> explanation. The the EC tune is a, a good one because it's been made in a way that it can work with a brake. Yep. So okay. tra- traditionally you put a tuner on or a brake. Uh, we traditionally wouldn't even put a brake on. It's yep. been for bench rest guys. Yep. But we all shoot with brakes and the EC tuner is designed in a way where you've got the barrel uh, a different a different diameter thread larger that's set back further into the barrel, further towards the chamber. Okay. And you've got your standard, your standard muzzle brake thread and you can move the, the weight, the EC tuner, forwards or backwards and adjust the harmonics of the barrel and then you can... So, so it, sorry, it screws onto the muzzle brake? Nope, it doesn't touch okay. the muzzle brake. So, okay. it's, so, it's, so it screws onto the barrel? Screws onto the barrel. And then the muzzle brake screws on after the tuner. Right, okay, yep. Um, and then the theory behind that is, you know, you load up your 40 grains of powder yep. and rather than going... 40.2, 40.4, 40.6 or whatever, you, 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 start, you start adjusting your tuner yeah, and yeah. you can tune your load with the tuner as opposed to doing it by uh, with your scales. Yep. So everyone that's bought those auto tricklers. <laughs> <laughs> Might be somewhat for sale cheap, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, but the, I think the real the real bonus of it is you can go to a match and you, you practice day, you, you shoot some groups and you're like, oh, it's a bit hotter here. Like yep. It's going a bit faster. Yep. And your nodes off a bit. And, yeah, if yeah. you if you've done your homework, or you don't have to have done your homework, as long as you've got enough load, we'll uh, enough rounds look, loaded up. Look over plushy shoulder, what mm. he's not, can, down, and get in, the answers. In theory, you can teachers tune, edition. <laughs> you can tune your load back down again. And, okay. Uh, yep. You know, ten or ten or so rounds. Because they're they're not new. They're, I mean, they've no. been in the um, in the rimfire world, especially because obviously rimfire you don't have the option of, you know, re- reloading is not particularly common, uh, and so you know you, you can do all sorts of weight sorting bits and pieces. But but on top of that, you can use uh, barrel tuners to uh, to tune to that ammo because your ammo is almost fixed. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned the in the bench rest world, are they present in F class much at all? Given that you've you've done a bit of that in your background. Some guys run them, some guys don't. Okay, um, you tend to see them more on the um, on the uh, the TR guys target okay. rifle with the three oh eights. Yep, uh, a lot of those guys just throw their powder, and yeah, okay, yeah, they've got a reasonably generous size target. Yep, and they they worry more about their wind calls than anything else. Okay, tuning the loads with a tuner, but it, yep. it's definitely there. Okay, yeah, um, I've got one on. A, I've got a three oh eight that's got a tuner on it. Yep, I've done it. I've only adjusted it once or twice. So what does this do in terms of, you know, given that our, our sport has a lot more movement in it and, and going into barricades and positions and all that sort of gear, uh, both with uh, with actually manoeuvring the gun round, it's not getting in the way, uh, and and changing the balance of the gun is the other factor that, you know, I mean, sort of... If you've seen the size of Andy's muzzle brake, it's definitely right. not going to add anything that's bigger than that. Well, no. I, I... Got a pretty big bell end. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> When, when's quarantine for you? Fourteen. Um, <laughs> no. The, what, what did you say? It was an EC EC tuner. Eric Cortina tuner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they um, look. I'd if they weighed more than a probably hundred and fifty grams, I'd be surprised. Okay. I don't. They're I don't not, think it's going to catch you up on a barricade or anything. It's, yeah, it's I, definitely I, smaller I'm, than the break off. So at the I'm moment. I'm looking at this now, and this is uh, different to what I envisaged I, I oh, right. there's, there's a there's an image here uh, a little bit lower down uh, that has a uh, it's probably closer to the the type of thing that I was thinking of. I thought it was a much bulkier oh, yeah, uh, unit um, and this is this is really a sleeve on a um, mm. on on the barrel and it doesn't really extend 
in terms of size, there's a, there's a great photo here of one where the, the end of it is about the size of a muzzle brake. And they've um, got the tapered one as well. The, they've the, got two the, options there. They've got the, the square edge and the tapered, and the tapered mm. would be what we would go for yeah, so it okay. doesn't get hooked up so easy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that looks and and so yeah, in terms of weight, I, mean, I guess you can you know you chuck another another uh, little uh, mm. weight counterweight on the back end, and, and you're probably back to balance if that's uh, the way you've been set up, mm. or if you set up around it. Are they? Uh, do you think they're going to be like a very common place, or are they a little bit more technical that people won't? I think the guys that are running a six mil because it's their dedicated comp gun. Yep, would consider it. I don't think you're aver- not your average. Yeah, your average shooter that's. Wants to compete and have fun and you know be mm. be competitive, but they're not they're not pushing for the win, so to speak. They're not looking for that last one or two percent, okay, to get them over the line. Yep. But does this like if this is is going to take out the uh, the fact of of like if you can just go right, this is a reasonable load. That's what I started with. It was forty. I tried forty and I tried forty two and I tried forty four. Yeah. Uh, and and so you know these are the powders that I went with and forty was the closest. So then I'll just I worry about my fine tuning on the fly as we go. Mm. Um, it seems to perhaps there's an advantage here uh, for the average shooter that might just go, you know what, I'm, I'll go that way and I'll use that to trim my loads rather than bothering with this uh, different powder throwing I li- stuff. I like your, I like your theory. I just, I, yeah, don't, yeah, I, don't, the, like, I don't have the data to, to say one way okay, or the other. Cool. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'm just throwing some ideas out that, that this may, if, if that does that, and I guess you will find out soon, um, ish, uh, <laughs> at ish, our, yeah. ish uh, that whether or not that will do, or if one of our listeners or several of our listeners are running these things, mm. um, be wonderful to hear how much of a difference this is making, and whether or not this is going to be a, a you know a common thing to see on on a lot of the more custom rigs. We're probably not going to see it on a, a TAC A1 so commonly, but you know once people start, the <laughs> Andy's going to put on one of his. Uh, yeah, that that sort of thing. That was interesting. Mm. You should yep. put the rubber bands on yours. I heard they work really well. Yeah. yeah. Just roll them forwards and backwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got some old rubbers lying around. <laughs> you know, in your push bike, when you just put those little foam things on the spokes? Yeah. 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 It works. Yeah. Foam? I thought you meant to have the, the ones that rattle and as you go around. The plastic <laughs> noise. And that was got, I was going to put that on the gay tiger. <laughs> so as I go through a barricade, just get all this. Uh... Anyway, all right, Spokey Doggies on the uh, on the bar, on the GT. Sounds uh, sounds fantastic. So with your load development on that, I presume or what I'm hoping to do is sort of try a, a bunch of different powder weights and try and find maybe a flat spot in powder pressures or in in, in uh, velocity, I should mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. and then tune the actual grouping size with the tuner. Yeah, my theory was, um, in the I'm, I'm getting to a point where I need to commit to a caliber because I'm going to order my own reamer, and okay. then I'll have a reamer to my spec, mm-hmm. and then I'll stick with the same barrel. And the same reamer. Um, and then I mean, it's never going to be exactly the same, but it's going to be there and thereabouts. And the tuner might be the thing that, you know, you, you go with your 40 grains and it's going to be within that 39.8 to 40.2 if you didn't have a tuner. But, you know, yeah. hopefully you can send it a few clicks one way or the other. And Is it Like how much variation can you get out of one of these things? Have you seen? Like how do you, how do you measure that in terms how, of uh, – You can do a – a series of uh, like say 15 dots on a page yep. at 100 metres, you just shoot one, move, move a click, shoot another one, you'll see this wave pattern okay. of where it um, starts, yeah, right. to, starts to converge on a point mm. and it becomes pretty, yeah, rather than shooting for groups, you just shoot 15 individual groups. Yeah, right. Put it that way. 
Yeah, one-shot groups are the best. They are. It's really hard to stuff them up. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll find a way. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking. I reckon I have. (laughs) I thought there was a challenge somewhere that I did pretty well at doing that. No. (laughs) Is it supposed to go through sideways? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't know we were going to be talking about tuners, but there we go. I've I've, I've done nothing on them. I I know that they've been sort of uh, starting to make a resurgence or not a resurgence, but, you know, into the precision rifle world starting to become a uh, more talked about item. Yeah, I think with that that sort of design where you can use it with a brake or even in the States a suppressor, yep. mm. um, it really makes it makes it a, a valuable thing. Mm. I'm interested to see the new, um, the APA, the Gen, is it a Gen 3? Gen 3 APA, yeah. They've got the ports, they've got the ports in the top, mm-hmm. I think, that you can take two or three screws um, something like that that you can actually start to tune your brake a little bit to to stop the muzzle kicking up and yeah, things like that. That'll be a that'll be a good combo, I think. So this one has eight. That's got lots. Yeah, eight ports that you can adjust. This is the uh, little uh, little bastard uh, muzzle brake mm. uh, with yeah with eight little grub grub screws. You can you can take out and I guess to some degree uh, direct direct uh, how much gas you you mm. port where and when, uh, which is interesting. Interesting to uh, see. Don't yeah. want to burst your bubble, but I've got that on my brake already, the one from eBay. Did you, with <laughs> your drill? Oh, I had to tap the holes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I never spent the time actually testing it. I just plugged them up and I was like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I keep missing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's why uh, I can't spot my shot. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the eBay bit that probably is... The more significant factor. It is on crooked. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if I took if I took the screws out, it'd be pushing it sideways. Have you thought about like maybe trying? <laughs> Just, I don't know. Like with everything. <laughs> oh, sometimes. <laughs> okay. I must I must say on the the steel slam when I was um, I was running a few stages mm. and I've got a Terminator break on my rifle. Yep. And I never realised how unpleasant it was to. To be a stage officer for until somebody else had one. It might have even been Joel. Yeah, okay. And he took the first shot and I stepped two metres back and went, wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> like getting punched in the face. <laughs> I was like, that's now I understand why people sit down on the bench next to me and when you're shooting off a bench and then they get up and move to the one next door. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because of your red hair. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gingivitis. <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yeah. Better get you out of the room. <laughs> oh. Excellent. Yeah, speaking of, uh, I know we covered the Steel Slam uh, last uh, week or a couple of weeks ago, but um, we did mention that at the end of the episode about some of the lessons you learned in terms of actually running matches. And so now what are you up to? You, you run obviously a couple of club matches, but you've, you've run, this is the second one day you've done? You yeah, did, I, I inherited run, the, the run and gun, run and gun yep. um, a little bit last minute early this year. Yep. And this, yeah, the steel slam was one that I'd put my hand up a while ago and said I was going to do. So the run, that's right, the run and gun, uh, Travi was on that one. Yeah, he had to go into state. I think Canberra got smashed with hailstorms oh, or something yes. like that. Mm. That's all right. He often has last name. So you, was most of the run and gun that you did in March, that was his course of fire that you implemented? No, it was mostly my course of fire. Was? There was okay. a couple of stages that um, that you kept. Travi, yeah, that he sent through that I uh, that I kept. Yep. And having a look at the two matches, obviously about six months apart, and one one pandemic yeah, in between them. <laughs> but you know, what did you what did you do differently from running your first match to your second match, and and some of the things that worked didn't work? 
Yeah, I think the um, the run and gun was it was pretty clear that it was a movement based match. Yep. So we're trying to focus on that rather than having tons of barricades and different targets and that sort of stuff. So it was sure it was very much about getting from point A to point B and doing something on the way or something yeah, on a bit those more lines. Yeah, heart rate orientated. Yeah, not even necessarily heart rate orientated. Like okay. I shot the match, you shot the match. I did too. That's right. Why am I asking these questions? There wasn't a. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the fittest guy getting around, and <laughs> there wasn't a stage where I was like, "Oh, geez, I couldn't do that." Yeah. Um, but you had to do something. It's more about breaking your position and breaking your, your train of thought, yeah. and then getting mm-hmm. you back on target again. So you sort of got to start fresh. Yeah. But this one was more about. I like to have it as a, you know, a match where you have to think about what you need to do, and the decisions that you make at the very start of the stage impact you very heavily at the end of the stage. Okay. Yeah, um, I sort of I like that sort of stuff. Yep. So yeah, and it was definitely I I made the decision to step up the difficulty and mm-hmm. definitely noticed that on the uh, on the results. Yeah, there was a lot more, and you know we 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 did sort of talk about it fairly in depth last uh, last episode. But just to recap very quickly, we noticed a lot of guys had lost the edge of shooting matches regularly, and so a lot of that planning or thinking through stages prior to shooting them, a lot of that was perhaps. Took a little while to kick back in, yeah. more than it would in a, in a normal mm. bigger match, and so there was plenty of like strategic stages where you sort of had to plan out what you were going to do, whether you're going to go like put a focus on doing those shots first or those shots first, or, or you know solid positions over wobbly positions versus further targets closer. Yeah, there was much to consider, and perhaps that's that's what caught a number of guys. <laughs> Almost everyone out. Yeah. Um, hmm. Now I think I've had a fair bit of time to consider the match over well, the last couple of weeks, and on the day I was a bit worried. I was like, oh, maybe I made this too hard, mm. and then I was a bit concerned about. It. I don't want anyone to come out and not have fun. Mm. That's not the point. Um, there's definitely a fine line between pushing pushing the envelope of making it challenging and pushing the envelope of making it too hard. <laughs> um, yes. But as I sort of pulled the match apart, there's probably only two stages that I would make any changes to out of the, what the would nine you stages. Change? The one, the, all of the bags. Yep. Having four different targets or five different targets plus 10 shooting positions was too much. Just too many there's probably, factors. There's probably 10 or 15 guys in Australia that could manage that stage yeah. on yeah. reflection. Yeah, um, just, just uh, I remember thinking something uh, Regina was talking about on the uh, on her mm-hmm. segment in the Modern Day Sniper, uh, Modern Day Rifleman seminar where she was talking about, um, you know, yes, test me on that or test me on that. Or test me on that. Yeah. But don't test all of them in one go. It definitely resonated with yeah. me, but I also challenge that view yeah. that if we become stagnant and don't push the boundaries, mm-hmm. we'll never get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't want to see that. There's a, there's a, there's a balancing act in yeah, there. You're like, yeah, you don't, you, want, you don't want to test one single thing. Yeah, that's. Um, but there is also a, a, a too, too much. Yeah, going on. I think that would be a that'd be a good stage for a PRS finale at the end of a, a solid yep. competition yep. season where everybody's on and you you're really separating the you know you're having a, a competition where there's 40, 50, 60 people, mm. but you're really having a competition to sort out the top ten mm. sort of thing. Like that's that's probably a stage for that. So the change I'd make to that would be one target, one target. Ten, ten shooting positions, same target. But that's the thing is 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 you become you know the position and the problem solving are, are two aspects of that stage you yep. would be solving. Uh, it would be challenging, uh, and you would remove the targetry factor, yeah. um, which then that's one less thing to think about. But there's still plenty on that stage to think about definitely. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Change that again. Okay. And the other change? The, the other stage that you would change? Stage. Um, 
Oh, yeah, so we, we talked about that. Yeah, uh, it was 90 seconds for six shooting positions. Yeah. And it was always – I didn't want people to be able to get six shooting positions because it included a mag change and yeah. I wanted them to, to think about well, – I've really only got Prioritizing. ten. I've, I've really only got yeah. ten available shots. Mm. Yeah. I've got six positions. Which one's going to take up too much time versus is not a stable position? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted that to be a challenge for people. But if I did it again, I'd probably put 120 seconds on that and – maybe one or two people would have got all their shots off. Yeah, make it uh, available or at the point where it's possible. It's You'd, you'd have to be boogieing on uh, very quickly. Yeah, definitely. It is, it is achievable, though very extremely challenging. Yeah, definitely. And you shot both those stages? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the bags the bags one, I uh, I think I did get quite flustered in the, in the start of it where you have to grab all these bags and put them in random spots. You got flustered on that stage as the RO. Yeah. Yeah, because well, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, you, I got it mixed up. So. You let me tell the story. <laughs> okay. go, go for it. Cuz uh cuz Nick Halliwell was shooting. So yep. if there's two guys to get flustered on one stage uh, and confused, <laughs> that's probably a pretty good combination of yep. you and Nick. And so so Nick went and put all the, the there was all these different positions and you had to put different bags on different positions prior to grabbing your rifle, put that mm. all on and and then you were shooting from different different uh, targets that we established. So Nick went through all of that. I was filming him, which is why I remember it. But mm. um, And he put it all on different stuff and did his usual, you know, talking it all through out loud and, and then went to grab his gun and then whatever the stage was, you directed him differently on engaging the target. Uh, either he had to shoot to uh, the one target or he had only had to shoot one and you were telling him to or whatever it was and, and then it all became he that the mm. crowd was – yelling different instructions to what you were yelling, to what Nick was understanding. Yep. And it reminded me actually he was in the exact same position at the finale last year <laughs> where Nick was on a stage uh, with uh, Steve Passfield uh, oh, rowing and um, Nick was shooting. And after shooting the wrong target three times and Nick yelling, you know, why didn't you give me the points, uh, Steve yells out, uh, pink stick, pink stick, uh, yelling out pink stick, you know, because the target was had this big pink stick uh, that was underneath it. And anyway, they, they they were yelling back and forth and they got to the end of it and they took the earmuffs off and he goes, I was hitting the Ipsic target. And Steve goes, I said pink stick, not Ipsic. <laughs> so uh, while you guys yeah. were yelling at each other, which way yeah. to shoot that stage, I was yelling out pink stick. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, – it just happened to be in the exact same location, reminding me very much of that story. Mm. Um, so, yes, you did get confused on that stage. Yeah, and it, it was simply just taking that extra uh, 30 seconds to read through the brief, like, um, word Cor- for word. Correctly. Yeah, I, I think I skipped over because – correct me if I'm wrong again uh, – it was one shot per position and I – missed over that per position. So I read it as two shots on each target. You just choose the positions, but you change once you've, yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm confused now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure what. <laughs> anyway, so I thought it was one position, two shots, yeah. when it was one target, two shots, but different positions. So <laughs> Pink stick. Pink stick. Pink stick. <laughs> I think that's just the, yep. the ca- when you're stuffed up a completely, just yell out pink stick and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest part about that was Nick went away and he was like, I think my batteries are flat in my ears. He'd been shooting the, like the whole day and he had no, he no, be, no batteries. And I think he double plugs as well. 
Maybe you uh, should turn those on. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe give that a go. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. But the uh, the tire one you were talking about before, I I found that quite good. Um, it's deceptively unstable. Those tires, it's almost like trying to balance on a spring because mm. they all have a bit of give in the way that they are stacked. Yeah. The higher you went, the more wobble there was. Yep. And so what, I went to pack that up, and what I didn't realize when I went to pack it up is I went to lift the first tire up, and I'm like, this is pretty heavy. <laughs> Pulled on it, and the whole thing jumped up in the air. I'm like. Oh, they're screwed together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder you could like get away with the unusual stacking you achieved, and, mm. and it wasn't about to fall over. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, th- I think I just went, oh well, it's going back like this. I haven't got a drill, <laughs> so I just grabbed the whole thing and uh, it pulled itself apart as I walked. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend not using tires in the next uh, next competition because there's going to be random screws sticking out of them. I, no. uh, I, you'll be glad to know that I, I did unscrew the tires. Mm. There are no snow tires. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.